0: Hi, this is Patrick Finley at the Chicago Sun-Times. He's Jason Lee and he's Mark Potash, who's trying to have a conversation about how misty it is here at Gillette Stadium in Hallis Intrigue. Coming up, we will talk about the most surprising Bears win in, what, five years? A 33-14 uh, defeat of the Patriots. We'll talk about how Justin Fields looked the same and also looked different and how the Bears' defense helped him out. All of that and much, much more on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a
1: -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July
0: 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Boys, none of us saw this coming. 33-14 was never particularly close. The Bears trailed, I guess, for a couple of minutes in the first half uh, and then pulled away. Jason, as best you can describe it, what in the heck just happened?
1: Patrick, they played a game that we, you and I were talking uh, in between post-game press conferences. They played a game tonight in New England that I don't know if we've seen. Uh, a thorough, complete, decisive win against a decent team. New England's 3-4 and four now, so are the Bears. But New England came into this game with a top-10 defense. They still had a lot going for them. The Bears are on the road in prime time. This is not whooping up on last year's Giants or the Texans or something like that with the Jaguars. This was a really, really impressive win by the Bears. That was almost, I mean, other than a few minutes in the second quarter, it was never in doubt. They had total control of this game.
0: Potsy, what was the most impressive part to you?
2: Well, two things uh, that I was particularly impressed with. First of all, um Justin Fields they didn't need Justin Fields to have like an awesome game but he still played well. It wasn't like they won despite in spite of him. His passer rating was 85.2 but he, but he was efficient even as a passer. Wasn't he, he was a runner he was a passer. He just—it was a really good, efficient uh, performance by him. I think that's significant that they didn't need him to play the game of his life, but still play well, and and they and they won. The other thing I thought was—and this is a—you might think a minor significance, but I've been here enough to know how these things work. And that the the um, the Patriots got a big boost when they put in Bailey Zappi in the second quarter. I think it was. First, second quarter, whatever, and and started the second. In the course of this game, in the context of the way this game, it seems like nothing. But I've seen that kind of wave just totally overwhelm Bears teams before, and they fought back. They fought back from it. I think they were down, and then they they um, they uh, they they came back. I can't remember how they they scored a, the touchdown and the field goal at the end, and they withstood that. And I think that shows that shows a lot. So uh, those th- those are off the top of my head. Those are the those are the two. Uh, two most impressive things, and I think those are both things that I think can help them out long-term. I think this could be a win that actually they could actually build on as opposed to other times where they've fallen flat the following week. With
0: two minutes to play in the first half, the Bears were down 14-10. Justin Fields hung in and threw a 25-yard screen pass to Khalil Herbert up the left sideline. Fields got sandwiched between two guys, made the throw anyway, Field scampered for a touchdown, and then uh, as the half expired, Cairo Santos kicked a 23-yard field goal. That's 10 points right there at the end of
2: the second quarter, yeah. and that the, took care of the zappy.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, the, uh, you know, and the fields to me looked. Uh, you mentioned that he wasn't spectacular, and he wasn't, but I think in the context of the offense they asked him to run. He looked. He was good. Well, that's my point. He but, was.
2: Yeah. He was good without putting up monster numbers. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't have to throw for 300 yards. But you know, what he you was.
0: Know, I mean, I, it was. Uh, there's a little Cam Newton to him tonight in, in a way that I don't think we had seen. Good Cam Newton. Yeah, good. in a way yeah. I don't think that we had seen earlier in the season. 14 carries for 82 yards. A lot of those were planned runs. A lot of those worked uh, in that they gained yards, but they also, you know, protected him. Uh, you know, it's one thing to r- run for his life when he's dropping back to pass. I think when he has run blockers in front of him and when they're sending him toward a sideline, which they did a lot of the time when he was uh, on running designed runs, uh, that helped protect him. That, he was a, we- I mean, he was a weapon. When you yep. add him, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, I mean, 45 carries for 243, uh, 5.4 yards a pop, Potsy. That's a really good rushing attack.
2: And Pat, I don't know if this is the way it actually worked out, but on paper or just watching it, it looked like the Bears threw something at a really good opponent that they weren't ready for. I think it's a good sign for the coaching staff. I think I, if if indeed that's what it was, but it sure seemed like the um, like the Patriot, Patriots were a, a good defense who were well coached by a great coach were not ready for what the Bears threw at them, and uh, I think again that's another thing that that port- that, that is uh, uh, an indicator of of something that could be uh, more than just one win, something you could build on.
0: Yeah, Jason, you made a good point of this in your story and also in you know asking you know Matt Eberflus. You know now. Now, how do we carry this thing over? And, and I don't want to gloss past this win, you know, quite yet. But you know, this, we've seen these things before that lead us to think, "Oh, Justin Fields is about to take off." Is there anything you saw tonight that would lead you to think it's 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 real this time? Well,
1: I think there there's two ways that you want to look at every game. You want to look at it just. Singularly on its own and if this was the only game the Bears won this season if they went one in 16 You'd still sit here and say this was a really really good performance They beat New England in all three facets of the game. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields made this point This is something that gets kind of lost in the shuffle when you when you have a game like this is their starting field position Was great all night. They had some really good special teams play New England uh, first series the game where they go three and out. They're starting at their own 17, just little plays on special teams that made a big difference, defensive takeaways, things like that. But then you also look, pet as, what does this mean, big picture? Mm -hmm. And I think you guys are on it with Justin Fields because he is the big picture. Quarterback is the big picture. So it's either him or TBD draft pick that replaces him. And that was part of what we talked to Ryan Poles about before the game today. And this looks to me like a template that can work for Justin Fields. You need a little bit more of everything, but this is the this is a good base. This is like your starter for your sourdough here where cuz <laughs> cuz you, you say it's not it's not monster numbers and it isn't. But you have to always add in his rushing total to what his impact on the game. So you, now you're looking at a guy that has 260 total yards of offense mm-hmm. and two touchdowns, one throwing, one rushing. That is very much in the direction of what you want from Justin Fields. And he was consistent. The offense kept moving. They settled for a lot of field goals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, four, maybe? Was it four or five field goals? There a lot of field goals. Uh, but they kept going down and they kept scoring. And there were a couple times. There was one uh, in the first half where they were kind of, I think, late, very end of the first half, uh, they were kind of getting pushed back out of field goal range and got back. Right. They got back to like the five-yard line, kicked an easy field goal, got the points.
0: Fields threw on third and 16. He, he, he threw a 17-yard completion to Darnell Mooney at the stick uh, when you and I were sitting there going, ah, they're going to run and kick a long field right. goal. Instead, they threw and kicked a short field goal.
1: But again, this doesn't this doesn't matter in the big picture if, if we're not seeing this consistently. Right. If right around the corner is another game like he had against the Commanders, because we just did this. Right. We just did this two weeks ago. He played really well against the Vikings. It looked in every way like what you want from him. It looked like a step forward. And then... Boom. Like, can't deal with the pass rush, can't deal with the offensive line's flaws, and that's going to keep being a thing he has to deal with. You, you don't get to have everything be perfect if you're him. So now there has to be this step forward because any quarterback can play one really good game. Anybody can. Bailey Zappi's done it the last two games. It's like to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or even Justin Herbert, It's you do it every week.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't know the next time this season that the Bears will have the best quarterback on the field. I mean, one of the things you saw from the Patriots tonight is, if your quarterback play is bad, you got to be really good in other facets to overcome it. And they absolutely, absolutely we couldn't. Should,
1: we did all this fretting over Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones starts, it's like this big deal, and he—this might have been his last game, his last as a starter, his last throw as an NFL starter might be that one that Jaquan Brisker swooped in and grabbed with one hand.
0: And I asked Matt Eberflus, "Did you expect to see two quarterbacks?" He goes, "Uh huh." You know, we thought they'd have a package for Zappy. I don't know whether I believe that. Sounds good, um, but you know, uh, Mac Jones gets pulled after going three for six with an interception. That uh, goes. That uh, opens the door for Zappy to come in. Fourteen to twenty-two for one eighty-five, one touchdown, two picks, pass rating of sixty-seven. That looks a lot like some of the passer ratings we've seen. Mac
1: Jones was three for six for thirteen yards. That's
0: hard to do. That's hard to do. Potsy, the thing that struck me is is something that we can put our arms around it. Uh, tonight is I think this speaks well to the coaching staff they took 10 days identified what needed fixing and at least did a good enough job on it that they won a game <laughs> and you know you know we can point to the play design uh, you know with, with the a lot more bootlegs a lot more moving pockets a lot more Justin Field's planned runs from Luke Getssey yeah, I think that was encouraging but man you know you know let's look at what Alan Williams did as well. This is a team that what they hang on the on the Lions thirty
2: seven, uh, you know eight days ago. Yeah, this uh, I I think it is a good sign for the coaching staff. But I mean that's you know you, you got to be careful about that because they did it. This is sometimes you're you're good when you have ten days between games and then you know you got now you got six right and and. Uh, and uh, and and maybe it it doesn't work out. I mean, they were bad on they, they were so bad on short rest, and they were so good on long rest. They got to find see how they are in a in a regular week. I don't I think the
0: defense was bad on short rest. They gave yeah. up twelve points to the Commanders.
2: Well, the Bears, the Bears. Oh no, a team, uh, yeah, a team, yeah. I was yeah, asking yeah.
0: you specifically about the defense. It, it seems like both uh-huh. the offense and defensive coordinators figured some stuff out during this time right. off. And to right. me, that's reassuring, and it leads me to think that Matt Eberflus, who's never been a head coach at any level. Might be able to make the in-season adjustments that yeah, so many head coaches have. Been I agree, un- unable and to. I
2: think we've seen even in bad times that this is a good coaching staff. I mean, these guys that you know they're, they're not they're not rookies. Even even Matt Eberflus is a head coach. I don't get the impression he's a rookie doing this. He's he's one of the better game management guys so far. You look around the league, even some of the veteran coaches are, are get hammered uh, for game management, and he's actually been pretty good. So my point is. This coaching staff, I think, has looked very competent even in bad times, and I think this is—I think the 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 uh, the long rest window, I think, has kind of uh, magnified that. You just don't know if that means oh, okay, now they finally figured it out, now they can do it in a regular week, or maybe maybe they're they're like a team that's only good after the bye, you know? Right. So so yeah. So uh, I guess I'm just saying, you just you, you we have to wait and see. But obviously, a great sign to to win here and win in this in these circumstances. And,
1: and but in what you guys are talking about, the discussion you're having about Matt Eberflus, and you could apply this to Justin Fields, Luke Getzke, the draft class from this year, Ryan Poles. This is not likely to be a great Bears season, but you are looking for evidence that it is headed the right way. They, the expectations on the Bears this year like are not that they contend in any way, not right. even that they make the playoffs, Pat, not even that they have a winning record. Right. That is not the expectation. That's not where the bar is. The expectation is show us that you have the capability to get there and that you are moving it in that mm-hmm. direction. So a night like tonight in New England, you see evidence that Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, Luke Getze, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, you see evidence of those guys being pieces that are moving in the right direction, being people that you want in place as you go forward to try to make this team an actual winner.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the two draft picks each had an interception. Uh, briskers was amazing, um, and, and like you said, might have ended Mac Jones's starting career. It might be the best
1: interception. It might be the most impressive, athletically, an interception that anybody has, has had this season. For the Mac Bears? Mac Jones no, no, in the league.
2: Briskers, career. <laughs>
0: well, Mac Jones uh, had a had a cleat go in his gentleman's region and, and knocked him
2: out for a second. The, the circumstances really made it uh, you know, that he came off. How many plays was that when he got back on the field? I, it was pretty quick, right? Well, I don't know how yeah. quickly
1: he was back on the field, but it was he missed at least one play, Jaquan Brisker, after taking a yeah. cleat to the uh, groin, and uh, it was three plays later that he. Picked okay, off I thought that was yeah, that Jones. was a great
2: response. So yeah, Good and, and then him.
0: Kyler Gordon got one off of a tip. Late in the game, and you know, I asked Matt Eberflus just the idea of actually doing it. What does doing it mean for their confidence going forward? And and he said, you know, it helps. I mean, sure as hell doesn't hurt. And especially for Gordon, uh, he's been playing better in recent weeks, Jason. But I, I think having real tangible production uh, can probably go a long way.
1: Pat, if for some reason the Bears called you up and you were playing safety, and you had that interception. And then you come back, you know, change clothes, you know, put on your, yeah. your dapper
0: Hold on. laser
1: my, and whatever else. Right.
0: How's my groin is my first Now that didn't happen.
1: Well, that... Okay, okay, that happened too. All right. Either one. How many texts would you have on your phone? 140. Uh, Jaquan Brisker doesn't know the answer to that right now because he left his phone in Chicago. <laughs> he got on the plane without his phone. He had not seen any video of the interception. He had not heard from anyone because mm. they're all texting a phone that is sitting back in his condo or wherever he lives in Chicago. And uh, he, was, he was very entertained to watch for the first time the video of him getting that interception.
0: I'm, I'm impressed that a 22- or 23-year-old person exists who can function without <laughs> right. his phone. How did he make it the
1: last 24 hours? If I were
0: a millionaire on the road without my phone, do you know what I'd do? I'd buy a new phone. I'd buy three. <laughs> I'd, I'd sneak out after dinner and go get a phone. Potsy, I want you to get your game balls ready. But before we get to them, I, I do want to talk about Ryan Polson Bears general manager, spoke here in the press box uh, a couple hours before the game, uh, it was uh, the first time he'd talked since, I believe, September 1st of this season. And the first time, once games started, that we've been able to press him about the most important issues that the Bears have come in. D- Jason, obviously the main topic was Justin Fields and how he perceives him, whether he thinks he gave him enough help, and whether he regrets not doing so. Uh, what did you take away? Uh, to me, maybe the best question I heard was... Jason, your question about, okay, are we measuring fields you know, uh, for the rest of the year, for the next two years, for you know, week by week? And he essentially wouldn't give you an answer, which right. which I think is telling, which the answer is probably play by play, I, I would think.
1: I think my number one takeaway from Ryan Poles, and you have to look at it in the context of what happened three hours later, is he had all the answers. He defended everything that he'd done. He said, I have conviction in our moves in the offseason when asked about offensive line in wide receiver, and then he gets a game where it all looks like it all looks right. It right. gets ex- it was very very good timing for him. It turned out because he he defends pet. He defends Matt Eberflus. He defends Justin Fields. He defends Luke Getzey. He defends the offensive line. He defends the wide receivers. He defends I think the draft class. And guess what? It all looks great on national TV. Three sure. hours later, very very good timing. For him, I'm not ready to say, uh, okay, well, you know, you got me. You, you've you've proven us wrong. Like he, you still have to see a lot of what happens here. And now the offensive line takes another hit with Lucas Patrick. That could be a long term injury. Uh, him leaving uh, with a toe injury, but I think that's my number one takeaway. Is Ryan Poles had all these defenses, and then you get something that now that, that you can argue with him on. And then you get proof that you can't argue in in the game.
0: And Patsy, we haven't had one of these scrums on the road since Phil Emery. So what's that? Eight, nine years. Uh, You wondered when when he talked before whether he was in defense mode because they wondered whether today would go poorly. Um, And I I thought he stated his case plainly and simply and and without any sort of... um, a mellow to it, yeah. but uh, like Jason said, I mean, the best evidence he has is the fact that, you know, they came out and didn't
2: embarrass themselves. So. Yeah, this was, um, it was somewhat impromptu, but it was still coordinated in that this is a really good, comfortable uh, setting. Mm-hmm. That was a really good, comfortable setting for Ryan Pulse. He's much more comfortable with the smaller group, you know, it's on the road, smaller group. And I thought he uh, explained everything as well, as, well as, as he could. He didn't give very many details. But what I took out of it was that was the disparity between how many of us look at it uh, in the in the short term, and and the kind of the micro view, and his long term. He insisted and still says, and this is how he looks at it. He's thinking long term. Uh, that this is a, a you know a big project, uh, you know, as far as why he didn't load up on offense just for a quick fix of the offense to support Fields. But the other thing, with that said, I still think, and Jason, I'd be curious to hear what you think about it. I still think that means that he, if Fields isn't good enough, he'll move on after this year. It's not like like I've kind of surmised that maybe this is a two-year project to him. So maybe how Fields does with this with this lesser supporting cast doesn't matter to him because he knows he's gonna. Have a better supporting cast next year. But I don't know, something tells me that he still won't be afraid that if Fields takes a step back and is not the guy, he won't be afraid, even against that charge of you set him up to fail, to make a move to make a move in the offseason. Uh
1: Mark on that point, like I don't think Ryan Poles could afford to wait it out on Justin Fields if he doesn't have clear evidence absolute confidence after the season that he's their guy. Ryan Poles and Matt Iberflues both talk about the Bears like they're going to be in charge for the next 10 years, and this is a big long-term project. That is great in theory, and that might you could make a case that that is how you should run an NFL team, but that isn't how things typically go here. So if Justin Fields doesn't give you your answer and you've got a top 10 draft pick this year, you can't just – sit and keep you can't miss that opportunity
0: i'm sure i'm sure as hell not going to promise in october that i'm not going to draft a quarterback regardless of how this But what do you think pat like on
1: on truth serum is it is it this year or are they gonna like does he does field yes or no fields has to prove by the end of this year that he is their franchise quarterback yes
0: absolutely i think so too i think in a perfect world i think the bears would like him to prove it and then I think they could go get him his Justin Jefferson or his Jamar Chase or you know his high draft pick partner.
1: Well, oh, this for, is always the case. I yeah. mean, the best solution is is one you already have. Right. And then you can go take care of other problems.
0: Yeah, but I don't think they know enough yet to sit there and definitively say it. And and I also
1: I don't either. No, I, I would. I'm with them if that's their if that's and, their position. And I
0: think he would have to be a pretty outstanding player by this point for them to make any promises this early in the season. Guys, look at look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones went to the Pro Bowl last year. Today he got benched for a fourth-round pick from Western Kentucky. These things turn quickly. Yeah, almost you, by demand. You would have
1: said a week ago, Mac Jones has been the most successful of that draft class, of the five first-round quarterbacks.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and it took the crowd here two minutes to start chanting the other guy's name. Two minutes. And these things turn, and you cannot sit there with ten games left and and be definitive about what you will and more specifically what you will not do because you just don't know. And,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, I think that's why these next two games. I'm really curious to see these next two games because you can go from being the beneficiary of NFL mediocrity to the victim <laughs> of it in a short time, and that's not mocking the Bears or. Denigrating what the Bears did, but that's just the fact of the matter of the NFL today. And they, they go to Dallas
0: yeah. and then they host Miami.
2: Right. So, so uh, I think a, a, a game on ch- a day short rest. I guess that's still considered short, uh, not like a Thursday night game. But you know that this game and the next um, upcoming upcoming, I think, are going to be huge. As uh, I've always said, nothing's defining in, in in a rebuilding year. I think this is a, these next two weeks are as close. As it is to confirm or not whether what we saw here tonight was real.
0: Yeah, although you know, I'll refer you to Sunday night football, you know, on Sunday last night, Dolphins didn't look like world beaters to me.
2: No, no, I mean, you yeah, can go one way, then the other, than the other. It's a crazy league. Yeah, I think there are four good yeah. teams.
0: I really do. Yeah. Patsy, do you have your game balls ready?
2: I do. I do, and they're pretty simple. Hold
0: on, um, get them out of the burlap sack.
1: When we started this, Patsy was marveling at the I'm buying you time here. let me make sure you're ready. To I dig, know, I'm ready th- to dig into the
0: bag of games. He, he was
1: he, he was taking a picture of how like foggy it, it is here. The rain's been coming down kind of misty the whole game. And with the lights mm-hmm. on, it Pat, you could there could be an actual bear in the seats and we
2: wouldn't know.
0: No, it's very uh it's spooky. Hotsy game balls. Okay, who gets so, it on first offense? First of all, I want
2: to recognize one thing. And it's not a player, but uh, I think I think Luke Getzey had the best night of anybody. <laughs> well, he seriously, can get I, a game
1: ball. Coaches get game balls sometimes.
2: Yeah. His, yeah okay. Okay. Uh, you're good point. I'm going to give my game ball. Well, I think like, this was this Luke is... I think of all the coaches, because I know in the in the grades, I gave obviously this was a big night for Matt Eberflus. I thought this was obviously his best moment as a Bears as the Bears coach. But the coach who had the best night, I thought, was was Luke Getzey. Um, a really good game plan, uh, did something that people have been clamoring for with the design runs for Justin Fields, and they worked, and like I said, kind of outfoxed a really good coach, and uh, who runs a really, who has a really good defense. And you, s- you mispronounced the greatest of all
0: coaches, not just a really good coach, the greatest coach ever. Yeah, the probably. greatest coach ever,
2: who's 74 and 82 without uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> but those are just facts.
0: Uh, yeah. That's great. Okay, so yeah. Luke Getzey, is this Good. a is this game
2: ball number four, or no? This is a, this is a, this will be the game ball in lieu of offense in lieu of Justin Fields. Yeah, you can't really give four. If you know, if if Jason said I can give, uh, I mean, it would have been Fields, but. Um, Patsy, this isn't like regulated by the
1: government. This is just yeah. something you do every week. This you is can, you. Yeah. I know, but that kind of get mini game it, balls if, if you that, want. This is no, you. The, the only jungle. thing we don't want you to do is just drag this out yeah. and make it boring by not. Well, by I'm really just, bad
2: at being succinct, okay. so that you're asking the wrong guy. So, uh, but I would, I would give a mini game ball. You know, like those ones you get at like <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> You ever see those little footballs? Like, yeah, like room? you buy it for your kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll give that. That one will go to Justin Fields because he threw for 179 yards. He rushed for 82. Uh, he did as much right against a good defense as you as you could. I think I noted that this was the most points scored by the Bears against the top 10 scoring defense since 2010 against the Jets. So, uh, so for his efficiency. Uh, I'd give Justin Fields one of those little um, game balls from Disney World.
0: Okay, congratulations to Luke Getzey and Justin Fields and their respective families. Who do you have on defense?
2: Uh, on defense, I got to go with Jaquan Brisker. I thought what he did was well. Hey, it was it came at a uh, uh, early point of the game, and I think it was key. And uh, and just the fact that I think he's been the one rookie who has been as good as advertised from the start. You know, we thought that he would be, I think a lot of people thought that he would be the one to make the biggest impact, and I think he has. We knew
1: from the first preseason game, didn't we, Posse? You
2: could could tell. Well, yeah, and, I mean, it made sense because, whereas Kyler Gordon can get burned. He's on an island, literally. Not literally, but... Figuratively, he's on an island. He, he's going to get burned when he lo- when he makes a mistake. It's going to look bad. So and sure enough, that did happen. But Brisker, especially in this defense, had a little bit more latitude. And and sure enough, he's been he has been good. So uh, Jaquan Brisker for that really that just a great interception at a key point in the game. He gets uh, he gets the game ball. He's been a fantastic
1: and fit with Eddie Jackson too, by the way. And Pat, you saw Ryan Paul's face lit up talking about Eddie Jackson today. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson would have been a guy if you'd asked me in the offseason, I would have said he might not even be here for this season, right. let alone a legitimate part of their future. Right. And now I'm now I'm thinking that Brisker and Jackson together makes a lot of sense for them going forward.
0: Yeah, I think it does. He certainly, um, he you know, and like you said, it, you know, even even Paul said today. I didn't know whether he was going to be physical enough, more or less. And he, I think he is physical. I think he is playing with energy and. He's one of the leaders on this defense. That's actually pretty good, pretty good defense
2: at this point. Um,
0: Potsy special teams.
2: Special teams. i going with uh, place kicker Cairo Santos, who is four for four, uh, kick from forty two. 23 38 and just nailed a 50 yarder like it was nothing right and uh, he, uh, and one thing about those you know you said they settled for field goals I think it's a difference when you settle for field goals kind of with the wind at your back than you do when you're chasing sure. you know when you need seven and you get three that's you know that's a little bit more of a psychological uh, uh, disadvantage I think and I think these field goals not that you want to settle for them but I think they were more like I said with the wind at your back and just you know not as harmful to your momentum <laughs> So uh, he is now 11 for 11. The Bears are 15 for 15. They are at 92.5% since the, the, the middle of Eddie Pinero's season in 2019. And they are just shy of 90% since the playoff game in 2018, the 2018 season. So the turnaround the Bears have had at field goal kicking um, is uh, nothing short of amazing for anybody who knows what they went through. Uh, in that uh, twenty eighteen, or just, or even just since Robbie Gold was uh, was gone and left, and, and one, left. And mean, one of Cairo,
0: one of the handful of misses Cairo Santos has was like a sixty yarder at the end of a Monday night game against the Steelers, like that, that they had correct. no no business Didn't even that trying. End a streak? Didn't they end his streak? Yeah, had, it ended his streak. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So anyway, yeah, Cairo Santos just, you know, just, uh, just he keeps uh, he's he's really become, uh, and I guess he was he was a even before the Bears was a, a capable, obviously a capable kicker, but. He's even, yeah, I think it's, this is, I think, clearly as good as he's ever been in the NFL.
0: And to do so in the aforementioned mist and rain is all that much more impressive. Guys, we will be back again later in the week to preview the game against Big D. But until then, everybody can follow us on Twitter. Check us out on the SunTimes website, which you don't need to pay for anymore. Just sign up and you can get uh, all of the Bears and sports and news uh, that you want. Uh, and if you, uh, if you like the show, please rate and review it. If you don't like the show, please do not rate or review it. Well, this uh, should
2: be a popular show. Pat. <laughs> Are
0: you kidding? For Jason Leisure and Mark Potash, I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again real soon.
1: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR.